which is nearing its end. So there's the perception of tomorrow is the end of the retreat. And this is the last full day of the retreat. Well, these are perceptions of the mind. Notice how we, we tend to, the significance of the beginning and the ending. So the, when you attach to the perception of the end, then one's mind starts associating with what we're going to do next what we have to do when we go home, or... making plans for the future. And reflecting, then we see that a, this is... we're talking about what we don't know yet. We're planning for the future. But this is thinking, process of thinking and uh, the habits of I'm leaving here and going there. The end of the retreat and then I go back home. But here now is, is this is the way it is. The beginning of the retreat is a memory in the mind and the middle of the retreat is a memory. The Fine, the ending of the retreat hasn't happened yet, but we already uh, have that expectation. So the so that the future right now is is expectation, isn't it? Your or anticipation. Those feelings you can watch them as uh, as an object in your mind. Just that. Uh, the, the desire to make plans and to think about your next move or what's going to happen afterward, anticipation, expectation, anxiety, or whatever positive or negative form it might take, is a perception, a condition of the mind. So there's the, there's the knowing, the seeing of that. There's the ability to know that for what it is. Now just being conscious and aware, we can, we can observe just the, the way our mind feels and reacts just to, the, just to the idea of the end of a retreat going home, which is still the future but yet to us can have a, a reality, a very strong reality, which is really an illusion because it hasn't happened yet. But our habit tendencies are to live in the past and the future. Attachment to the past, remembering yesterday and planning for tomorrow.
Now, what I'm saying, I'm not criticizing anyone for planning for tomorrow. I'm not saying you shouldn't be doing this. I'm just pointing it out for what it is, trying to encourage you to look at it as is rather than to just um, get, uh, be heedless and, and, uh, and just follow it without recognizing really what's happening. Because the, the future now has the realities, the, the, leave, the ending of the retreat, the going back home, uh, we give it a very, uh, an importance, make it very real, even though at this moment we're here and now, yet we can be more there than here by our attachment to our plans, expectations for the future. Reflecting on the results of this retreat, just being here for so many days now, and bring into your mind the way what's actually been going on. How, say, a retreat is a place you you come. It's not your home, so you're not living in a familiar environment where you own things and where the objects of your life are, are around you. You're living in rooms with, maybe sharing a room with somebody you, you've only met at the beginning of this retreat, or that it's a, a Roman Catholic center, and that it, it's, uh, your, everything is organized for you. You, have, you don't have to make decisions. It's not your place. You aren't responsible for, the, for this place and you don't have to make any choices or decisions about what to do. It's all, we very compassionately uh, made the schedule and uh, tell you what to do. So you don't have to decide. And that, notice what it's like to not have to make a lot of decisions. Because decision-making is, is uh, always putting us in a state of, of doubt and uh, worry and unsurety, hesitancy. And these, these states are quite unpleasant for us. What should I do? What should I wear today? Can be a form of suffering, can't it? What, what clothes should I wear today? Oh, this or that? And so, that, if you really look at that state of, of having to choose, it's, it's, that's, that's the feeling of being uncertain, and are you choosing the right one? So that, that a life where we have to make so many choices, and too, we have so many options, in modern America, don't we? we? We have, we don't have, like monks, we just have one set of robes. So it never occurs to me what I'm going to, never have to choose what I'm going to wear. 
But that's relatively trivial, but yet it is, if you really look at it, is a life filled with this uh, hesitancy and having to make decisions. If, if, if you can at least reflect on it and see what it is. So you, you begin to understand what, what the material realm is like and the, and the ego and the sense of identity and, and all this that clutters our minds and the possessions we have so that we, we're really creating a lot of suffering in our lives around just ourselves and what we own and, and the people we live with and the society we live in. Let's say in, a, in an organized situation such as this, it, it's, it makes life very simple. Uh, people like to go on like three-month retreats where every move is kind of outlined for you. Because it's nice to be very pleasant, simple, not to have to decide even about anything. Just ring the bell and you, you become conditioned to doing things according to a, a, a discipline set down for you by someone else. And once you accept that, then it, 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 uh, its life is much more simple than if, say, in daily life where you have to choose all the time and then you have so many choices and possibilities that, and uh, you're always uh, hesitating and wondering about whether you really want this, that, or the other, or the other, or the other, because there's not just two, there's many. Watching the television now, if you have these cable, uh, you can have a cable television with, with these uh, saucer discs and that, where you have almost infinite choices of television programs. That must be a lot of suffering. <laughs> Especially in a family where each one wants a different different programs. Now in daily life we have to deal with this. This is, we needn't suffer from this if we understand it, if we know what it is. It, we just get, we tend to, to make problems and create uh, suffering around our lives just because we don't understand you know, the way it is. We can't just live, in, we can't just let, kind of live in, in a place where everything is, 
uh, organized for us, everything given to us, and uh, we don't have to uh, be responsible or do anything at all, but just learn to conform and and uh, live a very uh, quiet, undisrupted, tranquil, uh, simple existence. But we all, including the the nuns and the monks, we all have to go to a, a more active, uh, disruptive situations. We all have to make plans. We all have diaries and and appointments. And uh, uh, I have to now make make uh, plan my life a year uh, a year ahead of time. Never had to do that in Thailand. Assuming that I'll be alive next year, so that we we make these plans. Now, in meditation, we 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 have these uh, ab this ability to to bring ourselves to the way it is with the, just the reflection on the posture, on the f feeling, the vedana, the, the breath, the sound of silence. So we, we, we can center ourselves, compose ourselves, recollect ourselves from the uh, busyness of life. Because if we, if we just make plans for the future and think about the past, we, we forget totally about the present. The present is just is just busy with doing things for the future, getting things done, trying to get things done or start new things. So it's from one thing to another to another, and we never we never stop except maybe we we crash out at night, fall down on the bed and just crash out into sleep. Hopefully, because. By the time you might have insomnia and lay, lay there for hours getting more and more frustrated because you can't sleep, because you've got another day ahead of you of hard work making plans for the future and getting things done. <laughs> So notice how, how peaceful life is when you're just with the way it is. Like a retreat like this gives you a perspective. Maybe for the first time you've, you've actually realized what it's like to be peaceful, just to be with your body and your breath and the silence and, and the, the song of the birds and the way it is in the moment without feeling this compulsiveness to to do something, to to think about something, to solve problems, to to get your act together, to analyze yourself, to to uh, figure out what you have to do next, where you actually feel a sense of relaxation and relief with just being here with the way it is. 
the way you are in a moment, uh, a moment that is in which there is the acceptance and recognition of the way it is. Because then you're in consciousness, you, you're accepting the body, the way it is, the breath, the way it is, the, the uh, feeling, the vedana, the way it is. It's a, it's a transcending of those conditions because you're accepting them for what they are, not, not trying to change them or, or make them or think that you have to do something to become something. You know, that's what, what real peacefulness and, and uh, contentment is like of just being with the way it is, without commenting, without judging, but just accepting, being with it in, its, in all its aspects, pleasant and unpleasant, neutral. Now some of you have to go maybe back to difficult situations where your jobs or professions, you have a lot of things that are very maybe depressing or disruptive or frustrating. Or family situations that, with problems and, and all kinds of faith conditions that don't lead to tranquility and contentment. But if you practice, like integrating practice into daily life is really the, the is what I call uh, real, the important meditation. This, this kind of meditation where everything's organized on a retreat for you is is helpful only if it gives you the wisdom to, to learn how to apply your practice in your ordinary life. Because if it doesn't help you do that, then you, then you, uh, it's just an, another kind of distraction or escape from things, like going, having a holiday or getting away from everything, uh, which, uh, of course, when you go back, you're, you're none the wiser, so you, you just go fall back into the same old habits, have the same old problems, think the same old things, make the same old mistakes. Now, when you're mindful, you notice that the, the changing nature in a moment, everything is changing. And more and more you're aware, where, where if you're coming from a prejudice, like if, if you have in your mind now they looking, looking uh, into the future, saying, tomorrow I have to go home, and then there's this, and then there's that, there's that problem, and then go to work, have to go to work again, and, and the traffic jams, and, the, and the, all the disruptive people, and this, then you're already, and you, and you actually grasp that kind of thinking, 
you set yourself up for misery because that feeling of dread and and uh, for the future anxiety and I've got to do this and you're not, not only will you suffer in the future you're suffering right now before all that happens to you just thinking like that is suffering So before any of that actually here, as it were, say here it's very pleasant, lovely place, uh, uh, lovely people, uh, everything's very nice. We can we can make ourselves utterly miserable by uh, dreading the future. Because if we attach to retreats and to the insights and experiences on retreats or the peacefulness of a retreat, then when we go back to our ordinary life, then we tend to feel even aversion or, or uh, we become critical because we're comparing it with uh, a special situation such as this, something that where the, we try to, to uh, set up a situation with the least amount of distraction and annoyance. Where in daily life we have to put up with a lot of distraction and annoyance. So when you understand, then you, 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 you don't create a problem about that. Take life as it comes. And, and trust in in being mindful in the refuges of the Buddha, seeing the Dhamma, of mindfulness and wisdom, and the, the realization of truth, even in disruptions and unpleasant situations. So then you can, then you can actually, when when life does get difficult, at least it's only difficult then. You're not making it difficult uh, in your home or before anything happens. I mean, then life does have difficulties, so, so let them be part of a flow rather than, than because you realize the possibility of difficulties, making life, I mean, life here difficult because you're, you're dreading the what might happen in the future. If we, if, we're, if we have the ability to be mindful now, we'll be mindful even in the midst of difficulties in the future. You can, you can trust in that. I've, in my own practice, I, when one sees that there's any suffering, as soon as, as soon as there's a recognition of suffering, I can't find it anymore. Honestly, I can't find any suffering when I'm mindful. When 
when I'm mindful, I can't, I can't find anything. I can't find suffering of any sort. I mean, I see, see, I can still see other people suffering, or I can see uh, unpleasant things if, if they're in front of me, but there's no suffering in the mind if there's mindfulness. But then when there's heedlessness, one falls right back into a realm of suffering. Oh my God, what, what, that, what did that person do? And, and uh, I hear so-and-so wants to disrobe. Oh my God, person wants to disrobe, hasn't really understood the message yet. They say that uh, this, uh, somebody's been causing a lot of trouble down at Chitters. Oh my God. God, what are you going to do about Chithurst, you know? Go away for a few months and then there's trouble down at Chithurst. And then, then I hear so-and-so's going through a bad patch. Oh, we've got to help them out of the bad patch. And I hear the English Sangha Trust has a lot of problems and there's going to be a meeting and decide about this. Meetings and committee meet problems and this person that person they're having a quarrel and and immediately are in the realm, the worldly realm. And what's happening in the Buddhist society in London? Oh, well, you know, there's a trouble with this and then so-and-so resigned from the council and it's, it's just not what it used to be. <laughs> And how, how are the nuns doing? Oh, you know, one is really, she's just fed up with the life and had enough, and another one's having a nervous breakdown. So that's the world, that's the way the world is. It's full of that, isn't it? It's endless. And it's been going on all the time. I've never, uh, you know, from child, when, when I first was able to understand language, it seemed like there was always a, a, a supply of worries going on in the family. And uh, then in the neighborhood, and in the church, and in the school, and and so forth, there was, when you know when you're when you're a teenager, there's some, there's, you know, there's mountains of it. I like her, but she doesn't like me. And So that, that is the world in the, the world in the sense is it's a, there's an endless worry about life, about having children, like mothers, you talk to mothers. And I said, it must be really difficult to be a mother because, because uh, you know, you have to 
be able to kind of, even as your children grow up, then you have to kind of watch them doing things that you know are really stupid and you can't say anything. It must be really painful to be a mother and just have to sit there and not say anything when you know they're, they're doing something really dangerous. And then, uh, and this woman said, oh yes, it's really, really <laughs> anguishing. And then, then um, one woman I know in Thailand, she was a really lovely kind of person, full of kind of good-heartedness and exuberance and caring for everything, but suffers all the time because everything, there's always, she's always trying to, uh, you know, make everything right and, and uh, make everyone happy. And so, but, you know, this is impossible. She can't really, she, she does make people happy quite regularly, but she can't do it all the time. And uh, so there's, there's suffering because she, she's, she's obsessed with this, with this desire not to have anyone unhappy or suffer. So the world is like that. It's the way the world is. It's full of bad news usually, uh, anxieties and worries, things are falling apart or somebody's having a disagreement, there's a divorce, there's, a, there's a, uh, some kind of corruption, scandal. And nowadays we have mass media to tell us about everybody's corruptions and scandals. Not only in the, in the immediate area we live in, but we can know about corruption in in Egypt and in Saudi Arabia. So one way of, of, of recognizing that the, that's the world. It, the world is that way. It's just the nature of the world. It's always been that way. The human, human world, the world that humans create. Their, their, their regrets and guilt of the past and their, their uh, worries, anxieties about the future. And we, so we, we're, that, that's just the way it is as a worldly state. So we, we begin to see that the world is the world, not as something to, to believe as real and terribly important. Because we play on the emotions, so we, you know, we, we, get, we can be very emotional about worldly things. So we need a refuge transcending the world, and so we bring our attention to the way it is here and now, not, as, not the world we create as in, in, in trying to, to make the world into what we would like it to be, but by being with just the breath of the body with the way things are, the, the feeling, the silence, bringing into the mind just the, the, way, the way it is, the here and now Dhamma, in which we're not worrying about it. When, when you're with the way it is, you, you stop worrying.
Now, when you, when you go home, really try to remember that, to, to keep centering yourself so that you're, even in the midst of uh, all kinds of worldly difficulties and problems, try to remember uh, to, to just stop being uh, caught into uh, endless worrying and, and uh, trying to make everything right and, and uh, regretting things of the past and so forth. To, to have the confidence and the trust to, to just go to the breath or the sound of silence more and more. To, to compose yourself, to, to center yourself in Dhamma rather than to just go around and around and around in your head and emotions about the problems of the world because the world always has problems. The world is a problem itself. The world can never be satisfied. It's unsatisfactory. The world very nature is dukkha, is unsatisfactory. Dukkha, uh, the word itself, a Pali word, means that which we can't bear. That which is unstable, unbearable. So it's, it's uh, the, 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 the worldly realm is an illusion. It's, a, it's, a, it, it's like a dream, it, and yet we believe in it. And we can't bear it. The world we can't stand because it's, it takes us to despair and worry. Soka paritewa tuka tomanasa upayasa. As soon as we grasp the world, we're in that realm of suffering, which we can't bear. So we, with mindfulness, we transcend that. We can transcend the world. Doesn't mean we fly up into the sky, but we just by remembering to just the, the breath of your body, just to be aware of the posture and the feeling as is, or the silence, to reflect on the way it is. It's not the world. You're you're not you're not creating a world with reflective thought because reflective thought is is just recognizing the way it is it's not it's not judging it's not attaching to anything it's just the 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 ability to bring into our consciousness the way things are in the present moment I remember in monastery in Thailand, the first year that I was with Ajahn Chah, they, they had, uh, it was a pretty primitive monastery then, so there wasn't, wasn't much, uh, the only kind of substantial building was this big uh, meeting hall that they, had, they hadn't quite finished it when I arrived. It was still uh, unfinished. But for the rainy season, uh, where you have to go in this kind of retreat, we, 
well, everything was, we just uh, stopped kind of doing things and we, we, there were a lot of kind of formal practice and so forth, which I thought was real meditation. Then the following year, they decided to build a dining hall attached to the, the, the big meeting hall. And the monks had to build this dining hall. So uh, well, I had to help them. So, and I thought, this is interfering with my practice. But as soon as we get this dining hall done, then we can start practicing again. So I, I learned how to lay bricks and render them and, and uh, do all this work, all of this idea that this wasn't practice and that the idea that once we get the dining hall done, then then the monastery will be finished and we can practice. And then the dining hall was finished and then I went off to another monastery. <laughs> I was say, I, this other monastery, I wanted to go there. So this other monastery didn't have, any, have much in it, so then we had to start building things there. I thought, as soon as we get enough kut, little hut, meditation huts, and this done and that done, then we can really... Well, that's the idea always, that in the future, the monastery is going to reach a state of completion, and then we can really do something. There's this kind of attitude that, that when it's in this state of incompleteness, where it's that somehow uh, that's not good enough, and that once you get this perfect monastery, you know, everything done, everything set up properly, then you can really get down to the real practice. So, but I've never seen that happen. I've never seen a monastery yet that was ever completed. It seems to be an ongoing process. <laughs> because uh, just when you think that that's all you have to do, there's something more that you have to do. <laughs> so Ajahn Chah used to, used to really try to get us to see this, that, that, that in this world it's, there's no place to stop, there's no, there's no perfect monastery, there's, there's no place where, where you can, you know, once you set it all up, and and have all the right things, then you can really practice. But life is like this, it's change, and, and you just learn how to practice with the way things are, with the changing nature of things. Like probably with the Spirit Rock project, I just want to warn you about thinking that we've got to get all the money, build this place, and then once we have this super center, in Spirit Rock, you know, with, with this meditation hall and this uh, other place and then this, these other places for the yogis who are doing long retreats and then we'll have a little monastery over here and then, then we'll have a special place for women and we'll have this and that. Once we get all that done, we'll have a library and uh, a yoga hall and then once that's all finished, then we have this super-duper meditation center where we can really meditate. It's ours and we can really, that's it, we really 
got it. That will never happen. <laughs> Let me warn you. <laughs> Which doesn't mean you shouldn't try, shouldn't proceed, but it means to that the meditation, the mindfulness is here and now. It's a, it's an ongoing thing. It's not. Don't 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 follow the idea that you need this super-duper place to meditate and then you can really get down to the real practice and have this ideal vipassana community where where uh, it's kind of it's a utopian dream uh, where everything's going to be just what you want then it's kind of bright-eyed enlightened uh, people practicing vipassana and uh, living in harmony and, and uh, everybody content and happy. And that's the, that's the ideal, that's the dream. Wouldn't it be nice if? But life is, is this way, isn't it? It's in, in monasteries, in the best monasteries and uh, wherever you happen to be, there's always this this, the world always comes there in the form of people uh, having problems and worries and, and rumors and scandals and, and uh, all the rest of it. It's just, it's just the way life is. The world is like that. And, and the material world, even, when we, even if we can't, could, if suddenly... IMW inherited two billion dollars and they could get their dream retreat center within a year or two just, you know, with the highest quality and the best of everything. It still would be unsatisfactory. So in the reflecting this way, we, we, may, we, we see this tendency to make demands on life or expect that the future something, holds something wonderful for us. When we, when we get all our wishes fulfilled, this idea, it's in the future. But bringing your attention to here and now, you realize it's perfect the way it is right now. There's no suffering. Things are as they are, they change, and, and uh, life is this way, the world, uh, we, 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 uh, we still uh, experience the, the uh, things of the world as they impinge on our minds, but we're, not, we're no longer deluded by that world. We're no longer grasping the world and believing in the world. So we no longer suffer from the worldly state because they're not ours and we know what they are. So that we, we don't expect a golden age in the future or, the, or we're waiting for the Maitreya or the return of the Christ. But we have the ability to realize 
the truth. To, to try to feel very possessive about other people or, or your own space or your own views or your own things. One of the, in the monastic life, people would say, oh, uh, they'll come up and say, I've had enough, Ajahn Sumedho, I can't stand it any longer here. I say, yes, you can. <laughs> and they can, every one of them can stand it longer. But they, <laughs> but there's something uh, in our mind that says that I'm fed up. I can't stand it any longer. I've had enough. But we can always stand it longer. Is building a center and uh, really, really see uh, with mindfulness. You'll you'll enjoy building it, and not make it into a heavy, onerous task that you're trying to get done so you can really meditate. Because that is a that attitude is suffering, and you just create tensions and and people get very tense and then they and it becomes. Uh, a lot of misery to everyone. So, building things in the material world, to try to see that it's something, it's, a, it's an act of faith and, and love, it, and to enjoy it, to delight in, in doing it, and working together uh, as an offering for the welfare of, of all sentient beings, to be to try to give opportunity and occasion for other beings to hear the Dhamma and to practice. But when it becomes, when we become obsessed with, with, with the procedure and, the, and, the, and all the things that we, uh, the worldly conditions uh, of, that, are, that become involved in such a project, it becomes stressful and burdensome. 
and then no longer do people want to, you know, people become disillusioned because nobody likes, people's lives usually have enough stress, you know, looking for more. So, like in, in our monasteries, I think in Chitters, that was the most inspiring uh, the first five years at Chitters where you're, you're, you're having to rebuild, tear down. The first several years we almost, was like, is having to tear down things because the house was in such bad condition. We had to strip plaster off the walls and replace all kinds of beams. The, the beams in the floors were rotten and we had to learn how to take out rotten beams before the house fell down and insert a a new one, and and uh, we had to live in a kind of work site, and and it was a building going on all the time, and and yet uh, I remember that as being a very happy time for me. It, it was uh, it was a lot of uh, really a lot of giving going on. People, the monks and nuns, everyone were really giving wholeheartedly to it and and even though physically there's a, a lot of uh, maybe discomfort and uh, inconvenience it uh, one doesn't one can bear that that's completely bearable kind of the discomfort living in a in a cold damp rotting house <laughs> is not suffering But one can suffer there. One can suffer even in the most beautiful, warm, and beautifully decorated, comfortable home, and and one can commit suicide in it. That people do that every day. People living in in old uh, derelict houses with the plaster falling off is not so common to commit suicide under those conditions. <laughs> find the highest suicide rates are in places where people live very comfortably. In India, you, 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 Calcutta, I was there a couple of months ago, and you see, you know, people li living in dire poverty, but they don't commit suicide. <coughs> I'm not recommending poverty, but, but I'm certainly not, I don't recommend that as the answer, but uh, recognize that that uh, that the state of things is not the important. That whether you're wealthy or everything is is really nice or everything around you isn't so nice. It's the the suffering we have is what we create. Whether we're in the most beautiful, well-appointed home or in a slum, uh, we can be a joyful being, a liberated enlightened being and not dependent upon a super-duper retreat center where everything is is finished, the debts are all paid and and then we can really get down to it but that is that is a, a dream state, isn't it? The golden age, the age of the future, the utopia. 
when Maitreya comes and everybody loves each other and the lion and the lamb and they get on well and everything's fair and just and right and good and beautiful that's the hope for the future but the here and now is where perfection lies in whatever the conditions around us might be have no no uh, way of ruining that perfection that we realize through mindfulness wisdom And it's time to contemplate uh, what a blessing is. It's giving forth what is uh, skillful, good, beautiful, true, or it's positive. Uh, we can, the human mind is, is a mind that can uh, create blessings. We, we can uh, give blessings. Well, we've been living together for the past ten days uh, in this very noble way, or everyone uh, with the intention to <coughs> be free from all delusions, realize the ultimate reality. Uh, our efforts, our energies have, have our, and our intention have all been aspiring towards this noble goal and noble realization. So realize that this is, no matter what mental states you've had to bear with, no matter how uh, terrible or, or low or painful or whatever the mental states you might have encountered uh, during this time, uh, your refuge has been in the wisdom and truth and virtue and your intention is to realize ultimate truth be free and be free from all ignorance so in meditation then we can we can have this uh, freedom and safety to look at the things that that we have to experience in our mind you, you can't sit here and just uh, create um, a totally beautiful uh, mental state that lasts for ten days. So we sit here and sometimes the mental states can be uh, rather horrible. But that's part of the purification, isn't it? To be able to see it for what it is. See that the hell and the miserable states are impermanent 
and not self. And to see them uh, as the dhammas that arise and cease rather than as oneself, one's personal problems, one's defects. So in this way you're, you're, uh, you're realizing a state of blessedness and goodness. You rise up to a higher plane. You begin to realize your true nature rather than be stuck in the delusions you have about or the illusions you have about yourself and the, the world you create. So during this time we'll chant, be chanting in Pali and uh, these are the uh, bl traditional blessings in the, in the Pali language, which uh, the teachings and the uh, highest thoughts, the, the most beautiful possible concepts that human beings can think or create in their mind are being expressed at this time in this chanting. And this is to bless you in your lives, protect you from <coughs> all the the deluding forces give you the strength to continue your practice and to realize Nibbana and be free from all suffering. Well, Sister Sundra, too, that she will request this uh, solo that she will perform is. <laughs> is a, requesting all the benevolent forces in the universe to bear witness to this moment. So that what we call the Devadas, the, all the uh, high-minded, beautiful, benevolent beings in the, in the whole universe, requesting them to bear witness to this moment, this blessed moment. Sama sawana karu ayam badam.
สสีลาเทิโนนมโอมาทยารตาสารธนาทยาสัสทุกานโมหมากาิทาสัทาสวะดูทายาสัพินโมคารบาภาเวนวิคาจันดูพานทวานโมคารนุภาเวนสุวาที่หอทุสาพันธานโมคารสเดเทนาวิธีมิหอมิเดชวาอสเทวนาจะพาลานังพันธิธานเสวนาบุชาจะบุชานิยานังเอนามังกลามุจามังปฏิรูปเทสวาสุยาภูมิเพชกัตภูญญาธาอธสามมารบันิติจเอนามังกลามุจามังปาหุสานจันจะสิบันจะวินัยโยจะสุเสกิโดสุภาสิธาจะยาวจะนามมังกลามุทามังมาดาภิทุอุปาทานังพุทธทารตัสังกโหหนากุลาจักขามันดาเอนามมังกลามุทามังทานันจันทะจาริยาชายาเดขานันจสังกโหอนุวัชชานิขามานิเอธามังกลามุทามังอารธิเวรธิบาบามาชบานะจะสัญญโมหะพมาโทจะทำเมสุธามังกลามุทามังคารโวจนิวัตโตจะดูทีทกทันยุทธาคาลินธรรมสาวนังธรรมังกลามุธรรมังคันทีจะโสวชาเสดาธรรมนานันจะทานสนังคาลินธรรมสากาชาเอธรรมังกลามุธรรมังดบโจพระจารียันจาริยาสัจานาธาสนังนิพานสัจกิริยาจะเห็นธรรมังคลามุธรรมังอุทธาสโลกธรรมเมหิจิตธายาสนาคัมปดิยโสขังเวรชังเขมังเห็นธรรมังคลามุธรรมังดาติสานิกทวานสัมพันธมภราชิดาสัมพันธโสทิงคาชันดิทันเดสมังกลมุธมันดียังกินจิวิตังอิทวาหุรังวะสเคสวายังรัตนังวานิดังนโนสมะอาทิตย์ธาคเทนัยธรรมพิพุทเทรัตนังบานิทังเอเทนัสานเทนัสุติโหทุกขยังวิราคังอมาคังบานิทัง
ยทาชาคาสาคามุนีสมาหิโดนเทนะทะเมนะสมาธิเขนชีเหตธรรมพิธรรมเมรัตนางบาณีทางเอนเทนะสานเชนะสุวาทิโหถึกยามโพธเสโทภาริวานนายสุชิงสมาธิมานนาดาริคันยมาหุสมมาทินาเดนะสมโมเวชาดิเหตธรรมพิธรรมเมรัตนางบาณีดังเนนะสานเชนะสุวาทิโหทุเยโคคาลาหาดสันธาบาสานธาจานธาเหตุานิยุคานิหนทิเทนทากินายสุขทาสสาวคาเหเทสุทินานิมหาบาลานิเหตุามพิสังเขรัตนางบาณีทางเอเทนัสเจนัสุวาทิหอทุเยสุปะยุธามนัสธาเหนานิธามิโนโคดมัสสัมมาณิเทบาทิพาธาหมะคังวิคายะละธามุทานิพุทิงพุนชมานะอิธรรมพิสังเขระทนางบาณีทางเนนสานเจนสุวาทิหอทุนางภูรานนางนวังนาทิสามภาวะวิราชจินทายติเคภาวะสมิงเตคินาพิชาวิรุลิทันทานิพันธิธิรายทายามปฏิโพอิธรรมพิสังเขรัตนางบาณีดังเอนเทนาสานเชนาสุวาทิโหทุอิติปิโสบาคุวาราหันธรรมาธรรมบุญโทวิชาจารณธรรมบานโนสุขทโลกาวิทุอนุทารุปริสันธรรมสารติสันธาเทวมนุสานังบุญโทบาคุวาติโสวาคาโทบาคุวาธานธรรมโมสันทิทิโคคาลิโคเหหิภาสิโคโอปนายโคปัญชานทางเวทิธาโพวินยูหิทิสุปฏิพันโนมะคะวะโทสาวะคะทังโคอุจุปฏิพันโนมะคะวะโทสาวะคะทังโคยายาปฏิพันโนภะคะวะโทกะสังโฆสามิทิปฏิพันโนภะคะวะโทสาวะคะสังโฆยาติทางจานทาริภูริสายุคานิยาภูริสาภูคาลาเหสัมภะคะวะโทสาวะคะสังโฆหุนายโยภาหุนายโยทากินายโยหันชาลิคาลนิโยหนุทารังปุญญาเขดังโลกาสาธิ
มหาคารุณิโคนาโทหิทายสามวาพานินาโบริทวามภารมีสามภาบาทโทสามพอทิโมธรรมังเงเทนัสสะควาเชนโหทุเดชายมังกลังชยันโทพอทิยามุเลสายานานันทิวันธนโอหิวังดวะวิชายโยโหิทายาสุทายมังกเลอบาราทิธรมาลังเคสิเสบัทาวิภคาเรียพิเศเคสาบาบุทานะอากาบาโทภมรทาริสุนังคาดาสุมังกลังสุบาพาทางสุโหทิดาสุขโนสมุหุนโทจสุยินทาพรหมชาริสุบันทาคินังคายคามังจาคามังบันทาคินังบันทาคินังมโนคามะบันิเทเดบันทาคินาบันทาคินานิกัตโวานาลพันดานเทบันทาคิเนบวันทุสามบมังกลังรักันทุสามบเนวันทาสามภาพุทานุภาเวนสันทาสุติบวันทุเทบวันทุสามบมังกลังขันทุสามภาเทวันทาสามบันธรรมสันทาสุติบวันทุเทบวันทุสามบมังกลังราคันทุสาบันเทวันทาสาบาสังคานุบาเวนาสันทาสุทีบาวันทุเทมาก